I had intense fear and panic because we were obviously crashing. Out of my heart came the thought, oh God, help, I'm going to die. From the time that they pronounced me dead was uh, a good 45 minutes. It's determined that I was not breathing for 20 minutes. They cut my clothes and then they paddled my heart because my heart had stopped. And I could see people screaming and crying, but I didn't realize that was actually my physical body because I was somewhere else. About 20 past four in the afternoon, by half past seven, I was dead. Clinically dead, four minutes. And they were crying because I was dead. And I was trying to tell them, no, I'm, I'm not dead, I'm just fine, I'm okay. I was greeted by people I had known in the past. I started to feel like I was surrounded by all this warm, loving, beautiful, soothing, loving energy. I'm back with God again. I just felt this almighty release, like, wow. I'm back. I'm back home again. Incredibly safe and felt at home. I'd come back home. It was a very strong feeling that I've come back home. The only thing that I could feel, if you could imagine, absolute love and peace. There wasn't anything else to be felt. And light is literally emitting from him. And I could feel that that tremendous amount of love was coming through him as well. They were brighter than everybody else. And... I just knew who they were. Welcome everybody to Round Trip Death and welcome to our special guest today, Kevin Hill from Darby across the pond. And Kevin, how are you today? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, it's been a busy week, but I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Okay. What's it like in that area where you live? I live in the countryside now. So lots of cows, lots of horses, lots of sheep, lots of tractors. And so I, I have to play dodge with all of those. So my, my rush hour is getting through the cows. <laughs> As you say that, I'm picturing uh, the Clarkson Family Farm reality show. Have you ever seen that? I have not, no. I've read oh, okay. I've not seen well, it. it's Clarkson, the the guy that has the other TV show about race cars and stuff, and um, and anyway, he's turned himself into a farmer now, and there's a reality show based on it, and it shows the beautiful countryside. I don't know where it is from you, but it's uh, it's over in your neighborhood somewhere, and it's it's farms and cows and that kind of thing, and and really beautiful. So we've got lots of fields, lots of trees. It's it's really good, and we've got lots of animals as well. The the other day, you got woke up by peacocks, um, on on the roof and in the garden. Yeah, you know, I don't know where they come from, but we had peacocks. Sounds fun. Well, tell us a little bit more about you. I grew up in Sheffield, which is a bit more north from where I am now. It used to be a big steel city. Um, I I'm a twin. And I went to Taiwan for 10 years. And when I was in Taiwan, I got married to a Chinese lady. And I now have four children, three of which were born in Taiwan. One was born here. The youngest was born here. We came back to England in the 2008. We came back. So it's girl, boy, girl, boy. So nice, even Things, but it does get a bit busy. Like, Ooh, let the dogs out. Can get crazy. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. 
Are they grown now or are they little kids? No, they're, they're, the youngest is 13, the oldest is 19, 19 years is at university. The 18-year-old is just finishing college. We have um, school going college and universities, so it's not college as universities. It's a slightly lower level. I don't know if you, you might call it high school or something like that. Now, we go from high school to... And then if we continue school, it's either a college, like a community college or a university. It's not like you do one and then you do the other after that, although you can do grad school after that and those kind of things. But hey, let's get back to what we're talking about today, which is near-death experiences, because you are an experiencer and you've had a couple of of experiences. Tell us about the first one first. And I know there's not as much to tell about this as there is the second one, but what happened the first time? Okay, to, just to give you a bit of background so you know where I'm coming from, is I spent one year in hospital. Um, I had a super rare condition. It was it's called calciphylaxis. That means that there was dead skin eating my live skin. Yay. <laughs> so the mortality rate of that is 98%. That means death rate is 98%, survival rate is 2%. And, yep, as, because I'm on the show, it killed me twice. So you were the 98% and the 2%. That's <laughs> <Yes>. awesome. <laughs> I've not thought about that before. <laughs> Excellent, yes. I can use that. Um, All right, tell us about the first time. First time. So I don't remember much about the first time, but... I I had sepsis. They moved me from one hospital because I was supposed to have a heart valve operation. So they moved me back to a hospital nearer to my home. Um, and I had sepsis. And then at that point, it was also not feeding me. So I had 10 days where I had no food. So I was pretty delirious at this point. My grasp on reality was all over the place, apparently. Sometimes I was in conscious, in, in and out consciousness, and sometimes I was aware of what was happening. And sometimes, apparently, I was just babbling. But, yeah, I had, I had sepsis. I had um, 10 days with no food, and I just... At some point, I I died. <laughs> and you know this because the medical staff informed you afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't remember much about this one. But, you know, the nurse came back and was like, oh, you scared us because, you know, you died and, you know, we have to bring you back to life again. <laughs> okay, great. Brilliant. Thank you. Because my wife had been arguing with the doctor because the doctor said that I signed a do not resuscitate order. And um, my wife was like, no, he wouldn't sign that. We're not signing that. You know, so if he does die, bring him back to life. So they brought me back to life. This would be a very quiet show today if she hadn't stepped in and done that. <laughs> I'd be just talking to myself. <laughs> but yeah, the nurse came in and talked and to, talked to me and said, yeah, yeah, we lost you. I, I, 
they didn't say how long that was for this time. Um, they just said, you know, you, you died, but we came back, you come back to life. So that was good. So they carried on with the treatment and we got rid of the sepsis and started feeding me again. Because yeah. they, they wanted to do more tests. I'm like, I don't need tests, I need food. Yeah. And they started giving me food. Oh, I started to recover. <laughs> surprise, surprise. You know, I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know why they wouldn't feed you. Did they tell you why? No. Don't know why. Okay. They just said they wanted to do more tests. We'll have to get a doctor on sometime to enlighten us on that. How long ago was this? This was uh, about one and a half years ago. Okay, so quite recent. Yes. Okay. So I, I, I was in hospital about September 2021 20, to September 22. So you've just been out of the hospital you know, less than a year, a little over six months now, nine months. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, if there's not much more from that first thing, then let's go ahead. How much How much further chronologically was it until the second time that you died? Uh, this, the second time I died was about one year ago. We just passed the one-year anniversary of that, so a year. And what happened this time? This was a, a lot more, I remembered a lot more, it was a lot more, Dramatic, if I can say that. Um, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, because as I said, I have uh, calciphylaxis, which is dead skin, eating my live skin. I had that all over my legs and my sides. It was spreading. Even though it's dead, it does spread apparently. And I also, had, with that, it caused um, deep skin well, let me explain. There's five levels of what it is. So level one is just like a scratch. Level two is you just take a little bit of skin off. Level three, you've gone deep into your flesh and you've taken some of the flesh out. Level four is that you go really, really deep and there's a lot of, a lot of flesh missing. And level five is basically bone. Yeah, there's not nothing you can do with level five. Yeah, that's... That, that's really beyond repair. My wounds were three, three and four, depending on where they were. So this this day, Friday, I I was okay. I didn't feel anything. I wasn't in, well. The pain was excruciating pain. I had pain. My pain levels, you know, through the roof. One to ten, ten being excruciating pain. I was on the two hundred, and I'm not joking. Yeah, I was like, the pain is really intense. And could they give you much for the pain, or is this the kind of thing where they couldn't do too much? They they would give me all the strong stuff, and uh, I was on, I was on four painkillers, strong painkillers, and then a few minutes later, I'm begging them, begging, please give me some more because I'm in so much pain, and like, we can't. If we give you any more, you'll OD. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. Okay. So you've got two choices either cry and shout all day because you're in pain, or you just kind of push through that and you you put up with it. it it's, 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 you're not ignoring it because you can't ignore it, but it's not dominating. So I would force myself to talk to people, 
you know, and distract myself so I wouldn't think about the pain. So the pain was still very high, um, but because of the deep wounds, I bled out. So the nurse come in and they, you know, like, you're bleeding. Mr. Hill, you're bleeding. So they looked and looked at my legs and my bed was just covered with blood. We're talking rivers of blood, biblical plague level of blood, paint the walls blood. Yeah, and there was so much blood. And my leg was bleeding and my side was bleeding. This, this was a continuous bleeding for three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It just bleed, bleed. And whatever the doctors did, it didn't do anything. We couldn't do anything to stop it. They, they tried, um, well, we call them nappy, but you call them diapers, don't you? So they tried that because they're more absorbent. So they're trying to absorb all the blood and trying to stop, stop the bleeding. And was this one location or sort of spread all over your body? Uh, it was um, three locations, two on my legs and one on my side, all on my right, right side. So on my lower leg, my thigh and my side. So when you say you bled out, were they giving you transfusions at the same time to try to keep up? They, I, I lost so much blood. You know, they gave me, okay, uh, I'll see if I can work this out now. So they, they gave me five pints of blood in English, and that's about two liters, just over two liters of blood um, in American. So, so right. about half of my blood was lost, at least, maybe more. Yeah, so just to give you those that like the numbers, right, 30% blood loss is critical. You are in, at the danger level, 30%. 40% or above, you're dead. Yeah, um, your body shuts down, goes into shock, you're dead. I had half of my body's blood had to be put into me again by infusion, yes. So just to give you that, that's a, so half of the human body blood had to be given to me because I was just bleeding and it couldn't stop. Uh, I don't know quite when I died. Um, but I, 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 you know, this is one of the, the second time when I died. And again, they told you after the fact, your heart had stopped. You were gone. We brought you back. Yes, but but this time I knew I, I was I, I was separate from my body. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen. You know, some people have said, "Oh, I was like looking down, all floating over my body." That wasn't me. Some people said I've seen a white light and I didn't. But I knew I, I, I was separate from my body. Okay. Let's go through this part step by step, detail by detail. Okay. So you, so you said, I believe in your words, you were separated from your body. Explain that and how do you know that? <laughs> okay. It's, uh, I'm glad I'm on the show because your, your followers will understand this a bit more and believe a bit more. And by the way, for our listeners, Kevin has not talked about this very much. So <laughs> give him a break that it's hard to put into words at this point. Okay, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, thank you for that. It is, yeah. Because it, it's a very, still a very recent thing. You know, I only came out a few months ago, out of hospital a few months. So like now, I'm in my body, I'm conscious. I can feel my body and everything, my thoughts, everything 
is is together. That time it was separate. I knew my body was kind of there, and I was in um, the best I can say is I was in the spirit realm. I wasn't in the physical realm. I was I was in the spirit realm. I was very aware that I was bleeding. I knew I was bleeding out. I knew it was serious and dangerous. I knew that I was bleeding from three parts of my leg and body. I was aware of who was in and out of the room. But I wasn't in the bed looking around. I, I, I was kind of looking, but not hovering over the body, some people have said. Um, that may be their experience for me. It wasn't that, but I was. It, it was. it was like I was watching a movie of my life at this point. I wasn't scared. I wasn't afraid. I had a lot of peace at this point. Were you still feeling pain? My body was. I was not. I don't know if you can understand that. Because, because I was in the spirit realm, there was no pain. But I was conscious that my body was in pain. You know, the, the nurses and doctors were rushing in and out. The, the emergency alarm was going off all through the weekend. So my body was in pain. My body was, uh, well, with the blood loss. You know, so uh, my body was... So did you feel like you went someplace or you were just separated from the body? I definitely went someplace, but it wasn't, it wasn't a journey. I was just there. I didn't, so I didn't get on the bus or I didn't get in a car, taxi, drive off or anything like that. Yeah, or you, or you mentioned not through a tunnel either. You were just there. Hey, tell us where you were. What did you experience, see, feel, hear? I was at peace. I was, I was at peace because at my side, I, I believe I, there was Jesus, Jesus Christ was there. Jesus was there at my side all the way through this. I didn't see him. I would have loved to have seen him. That would have been pretty awesome. Uh, but he was there. And I could sense him. I could feel him. I don't know if I could have turned around and looked and if it would have been there. I don't know. But it, it was there. Because my physical body was elsewhere and I was in the spirit realm. It's just that I knew it was there. I sensed that Jesus was there. And that gave me two things. One, it gave me hope. But it also gave me peace. And I, I was not afraid. I was like, this is going to be... This is going to be good because Jesus is there. He's going to help me through this. So I had that hope. I had that peace um, because I wasn't alone. It, you know, even though I was aware of people sort of running around and doing things, I, I was in the spirit realm. So I was there and I was aware of things. People coming in and out, my body bleeding. I didn't feel the blood coming out or feel the pain. But I, I knew this was happening and I knew Jesus was at my side. He really gave me so much peace and and hope. But other than that, it was I knew it was very serious. 
but I, I knew it wouldn't end in death. I, I was like, this is not my time to die. And I, I had that hope in me. It's not my time. So I kind of relaxed at that point because it's like, it's not my time. But I wasn't anxious. I, I was p- peaceful. And it was almost like a revelation, an understanding that it's not my time. I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to be okay. It's not my time. So I had peace. So I was able to relax and just see what was going on. The time moved differently. In the physical world, it was three days. But there just seemed just seemed a few moments. It was... Uh, yeah, at the time moved. So I was somewhere else, but I didn't feel transported there. I just, I was just there. So it's a bit of a long answer to a short question. <laughs> Do you remember seeing anything, or was it much more of a feeling of all of this? I could see myself. I could see my body. I could see me bleeding. I could see the people coming in and out of the room. With Jesus, it was just a feeling. It was just a very, very deep feeling and sense that he was there. And I and I didn't see or feel anything else. It was all in the room. I knew I wasn't in the room. I'm trying to I'm trying to grasp all this, you know, being in the room but not in the room. It's like I was I, I was sat in the front row of the movie theaters and I was watching a movie of this guy dying and this guy was bleeding out and all the doctors were coming in, nurses were coming in and rushing around. And I was sat there. It was like I was sat there watching that movie. So I wasn't part of the movie set. I, I was a spectator, not participant. Does that help a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> and it's amazing how often this is described to me so very matter-of-factly. Like, there was my body. Here was, here was me. And there's no fear like, ah, I've got to hurry and get back in my body or something. Um, Did you feel any of that? Like you wanted to go back? Uh, It sounded like you wanted to live. And what was it like going back to your body? I wanted to live, yes. I'm I'm a Christian, so I'm I'm, I'm okay dying because I believe I'm going to go to heaven anyway. Um, So I wasn't afraid of death. I've not been afraid of death for a long time. But yes, I wanted to live. I've got a wife, four children, and, and they were devastated through all this. It was a long, traumatic ordeal. To be honest, it's one that could have been prevented and I didn't have to go through this because this was doctors and medical staff error. You know, what did this? And then that caused the perfect storm for me to get this condition. It's not hereditary. It's not contagious. Uh, I was one in five people. So the UK is just short of 68 million people. So I was one in five of, out of the whole population, just five of us had this. And one had already died. One had it very mild, so he, he was okay. But, uh, the others, I think, the two I didn't know about. So one in five, that is, those who love numbers again, zero point Zero, 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 seven percent of the population. You know, so astronomical odds of getting this. I wanted to live. I wanted to be 
back with my family. And I, I had such a strong sense that it was not my time. I've got so much more to do. I've got things to do. Yeah, and the world needs Kevin Hill to be alive at this stage. But yeah, I wanted to live, but I felt no urgency to rush back into my body. As I said, time moved very differently. I wanted to keep observing. And it was like watching the movie, like, okay, what's going to happen next? What's, what's, what's next? But I was in no rush. I, I didn't, time moved differently and more slowly, well, slowly or not at all. Uh, but I wasn't like, okay, I've got to get back, I've got to get back. No, it was none of that. Like, okay, right, what's happening next? When it was time, it was just like, oh, getting tired, I need to sleep. And then I just closed my eyes and went to sleep. And I woke up Monday morning. Hey, how you doing? Good morning, everybody. And they were like, Kevin, you're back. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Did I go anywhere? <laughs> and uh, then, then doctors and nurses and my wife, well, my wife didn't say too much at that point. It was later when she was able to talk about it. Yeah, they were just like, you come back, this is a miracle. You, you know, you're a miracle, man. But, you know, the miracles, I believe, God did. I, you know, I'm, I can't make myself live or die. Well, you can try and make myself die, but you can't make yourself live again in that sense other than having that desire to live. Was this event the turning point and you started getting better finally after this? Yes. The, the amazing. Dreading more and more. Um, I was getting, <laughs> I, I had like like a checklist going down all the infections. And like, okay, right, I've done the A's, done the B's. I'm like, okay, see, see, whatever infection, yeah, next. I, I had loads and loads of infections. Um, yeah, I couldn't keep up, you know, and the, the antibiotics, you know, every other did stop and then I'd get a new one. And is that how they treat this, is strong antibiotics? I, I had strong antibiotics. I had strong painkillers. They didn't quite know what to do with me. You know, so I had all sorts of dressings on my legs, and they were very painful to take off, to clean, put back on. But that weekend, beginning of June last year, that weekend, that was... Uh, a breakthrough that was a, a turning point because when I came back into my body my body started to heal the dead skin started to fall off I was able to start sitting because I was bed bound for a year I couldn't move in the bed hardly at all uh, because of all this and I started to I was able to start sit up and I was able to stand up and start taking a few steps I've had to learn to walk again I've had to learn to eat again you know it's like literally like a new baby and and to be honest I had to learn to pee again because I had a catheter for one year and um, so I had to do everything again again is all brand new so so in one sense I'm a new person but it was really amazing because at that point things with the the doctors started they seem to know what they were doing now and the medicine seemed to start working. Um, and yes, there was a lot of people praying as well for me to be 
to get well, to be healed. That week, the week after, I was getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And to, to the point that last September, <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. I, I woke up and had my breakfast and I was waiting for the doctor to come around in the morning. And you know, the, the, the nurse and the sister, they came and is that Mr. Hell, it's time to go home. <laughs> Brilliant, that's really funny. And you're like, this is 10 o'clock in the morning. He's like, no, we're serious. You've got, you've got to go. Um, the community nurses are coming at 12 o'clock. You've got to go home but now. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm not ready. I've not done anything yet. I've not said my goodbyes. I've not done anything. And uh, so very, very quickly, they got me ready. I got dressed, got me ready and bunged me in a taxi cab, zoomed home, and I was home. And could you even walk? A few steps. A few steps, just barely (laughs) into the house, hopefully. When I left the ward, the hospital ward, I was determined to walk down the ward. So I I had my pitches, pitches, and each step was agony. I'm like, I'm walking. All the nurses were inside of me, waiting. You know, if I fall to, to catch me, I was like, "No, I'm I'm walking to the end of the ward to get out the door." Um, each step was agony. I was, I was determined to do it. And the nurses, they they lined the ward, and they were all clapping and cheering. And I was crying. They were crying. It was amazing. You don't have any video of that, do you? I do actually. Yes. Will you send it to me? We'll post it someplace with this. I will, yeah. I will. Yeah, send me, send me, let me know where I can send it, and I'll, I'll send that to you. That'd be awesome. I just out, just one second. I just got out the ward door, and I collapsed into the wheelchair. To, okay, take me off. That's awesome. How has this all changed your life? Are you, is Kevin the same person that he was a couple of years ago? It changed me, and it changed my family. My family was so stressed out, so afraid. So is dad going to die? Is mum going to come home and say dad died? There was that fear constantly with them. They, they knew it was bad and they found out I died as well. So that was, so, I mean, and they came back to life and, you know, the emotional, emotional overcall for them, it was, you know, up, down, they were very stressed. But the week I came out, atmosphere in the house, everybody just a big sigh of relief. That fear went, it was able to relax, get on with life. I mean, it's not been easy. It's, you know, it's a very traumatic time for the whole family. For me, it's given me a renewed purpose. It's given me a renewed purpose because when you are dying or have the threat of death or actually die a couple of times your focus changes my wife was putting on my socks at one point and she had, I didn't get it quite right and I was like just leave it it doesn't matter she was like, no no I've got to get it right it doesn't matter come and talk to me and my focus now is spend more time with my family as much as I can um, do things with my family as much as I can you know, and, and to my friends as well. I've got hope, my wife's got hope, my kids have got hope. And 
they've seen a miracle because I was in hospital. I defied all these odds. I came back to life. Now I'm learning to walk again. I'm getting stronger and stronger. I've got a renewed passion for life. Uh, I want to look at what's important. Because you kind of, people say, no, I don't. I'm, I, I love my family. People do kind of drift off and they just get into their own little rut or their own little world. And then, but when you go through something like this, you experience this. You you change and your your priorities change. I want to love my wife more and more. I choose to love my wife every day. I choose to love my family. Yeah, I still sometimes get mad and get angry, but no, it's not okay. I try and bring that bring that in, and I I try to do as much as I can with the kids because life is 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 my focus now, not just working, not just you know, trying to earn that extra dollar is, it's not worth it. Yeah. If it's going to kill you, if it's going to put a strain on your family. Yeah. So my focus has changed now to, to love people more. And for my wife and my family is to be, spend more time with them and be with them, but also other people. So give them hope. So, <laughs> Helping others prepare for eternity. Because there is something out there. It's, this death is not the end. There is hope. There is, there is an, another realm, a spirit realm. Yeah, so don't be afraid. Don't give up. And, and have hope. And enjoy life with your family. Spend time with your family. Because we never know what's going to happen. We never know when we're going to die. I've, I've got some extra years. I don't know how long, but I'm going to live these as much as I can to the fullest I can. That's a beautiful message. You mentioned that you are a Christian. How has this improved your faith or has it? Tremendously. It really has. I, I did believe in God before. I've been a Christian for a long time. Um, I was active in Christian ministry. I was a pastor of a church. Yeah, so all that to stop. But I've not questioned God. Why did why did this happen to me? I never. I've never done that. It's not a path I would have chosen. I really, really didn't want to be a modern day Lazarus. I didn't want that. <laughs> uh, but hey, here I am. And some people have said, "Oh, you like Job? You like Lazarus?" Um, but I think also like Jonah. Jonah was in the whale's belly for three days, and the whale spat him out. Whee! And yeah, and so you've got to imagine that they had seaweed everywhere, his clothes and his skin was burnt with the stomach acids, and then he comes along. Repent, turn to God. <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd repent. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah. Um, and, it, and he had 100% success in his, in his ministry. God, God has saved my life, and and I've got a renewed passion to to preach and to share God's love, God's power. This God we I talk about is a is a real God. He's not an angry God. God was there all the time with me. Um, even though there's, there's times I got very dark and very deep, it was like uh, God 
always pulled me back out. It strengthened my faith. It, you know, God showed me lots of things. You know, I studied during the hospital and afterwards. And, and now I just want to go around the world. I want to share this story that, you know, Jesus raised me back from the dead. You know, I, I, I am a modern day Lazarus. But it's not to be like, hey, I'm better than you. I'm chosen. I'm not. You know, it's just, this is what God decided to do with me. I would, I certainly, certainly would not have chosen this. <laughs> yeah, do you want, let's see, do you, do you want a nice, cushy life or do you want to die a few times in excruciating pain? Hmm, let me think. I, I, I believe God's given me some more years and I just want to get my story out there of God's love, God's power, and God's miracles. And there, there is hope. Well, I appreciate you sharing it here. One of the first places that you have. Just before we wrap up here, you mentioned that you don't fear death. You know, all of us do in some way. Even if we have faith, there's there's in the back of your mind, there's there's I mean, we're born with this self-preservation yes. instinct. Okay. Which is a little bit different than fearing death, but they go hand in hand. How, where was that? If you could do a scale of one to 10, where were you before this experience? Where are you now after? That's a good question. I think before, I probably, I'll say about six. I mean, I didn't fear death, but there's certainly ways I don't want to die. But after this experience, it's changed. So I think before six, uh, I think now, I would say nine, ten. I, I really don't fear death. Um, I'm even more sure. Um, I've got the confidence because I believe that God has made me His child, and you know, that's what the Bible says that I'm, I'm a child of God. And one of the things that I also read, and I don't know if you, I mean, I, re, I became a Christian when I was seventeen. And uh, I've read the Bible so many times. And I've read the Gospel of Luke so many, so many times, hundreds, maybe thousands of times. But while I was in the hospital, after the, the big bleed out weekend, after that weekend, I was reading in Luke, in Luke chapter 20, verse 36. And it says that we are children of God and that we are children of the resurrection. And I was like, I've never seen that before. I've never, I've never heard people preach on that before. Um, this was like somebody that God had just written that in for me. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm a child of the resurrection. I've got this promise. I've got this resurrection hope. I've been through a resurrection, but I've also got God's resurrection power in me now because I'm a child of the resurrection. So... I'm not afraid to die. I'm not. Yeah, there's still ways I don't want to die. Yeah. Well, thank you for distinguishing the two because they're different. Yeah. Not having a fear of death is different than wanting to die now. Yeah. You can get rid of the fear of death and still want to be alive. There's so much to live for. There's our families and loved ones and things that we can learn and great things that we can experience here. So, no, no, no. We don't want to die, even if we don't have a fear of it. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned so many times the word hope, 
And let's leave it on that. What is your message of hope to share? If I may, my message of hope is put your faith in God because God is real. Um, Jesus did come to die so that we could have a relationship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. So put your faith in God and believe because God is real. There is hope for eternity. There is hope for life after death. There is hope. Even now, because we're children of the resurrection, there's hope now to live a better life. But it's not just when we die and it's up there, everything. We can have that now. Part of that is our inheritance. And to have an inheritance, somebody needs to die, and Jesus died on the cross so that we can have that inheritance. So we can have hope now. We can have hope in the future. And our lives can change now for the better. So that's my message, I think, you know, is believe in God because God is real and he's there and he loves you so much. God is not angry with us in that sense. God, God loves us. And when I was leading out, I did feel God's love, deep love there. And even more so now, if I, can, if I may say that, that's my, my message. Well said. Thank you for being with us today, Kevin. Thank you for this opportunity. Great. Thanks again for listening and remember to share this podcast. To be notified when the next episode goes live, follow us on your podcasting app or click over to roundtripdeath.com and sign up for our email newsletter. Until then, I wish you everything good that you're looking for in this life and the next. <laughs>